0: back to another episode of fantasy football with gumbo uh by this point you probably already know who it is my name's ja
1: hey it's dugo what's going on y'all
0: we got another podcast episode where we discuss fantasy football we provide fantasy football tips tricks advice and uh, give you guys some insight into some of the topics that you should be paying attention to uh you know kind of as we move week to week so as we enter week four uh we have about three weeks of evidence now And we have a ton that we've learned. If you've been looking at the running back rankings on Sleeper, on whatever fantasy app you use, they're a little different than what we thought they were going to be a few weeks ago.
1: Dude, unreal. I mean, we can go from the top of the list. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought that Saquon was going to have a breakout year again. I thought he was going to be a good back. Didn't think he was going to be the second back overall by this point. Did not think so at all.
0: Yeah, I was wrong about that.
1: But the person who I think... has surprised me the absolute most, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I would say, is James Robinson. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how anyone really thought that he was going to be the way he was, but Mm -hmm. James Robinson, number three overall right now with 55.3 fantasy points. That's
0: so crazy, dude.
1: This is half PPR, but the guy is ridiculous. I mean, he does only see like 57% of the snap share, And so, like, I understand, like, why people would want to, like, be a little, like, down on him. Mm -hmm. But he's just so productive when he's in there. It's ridiculous. Like, he's literally the vulture of this year, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Ja, I know that you're pretty high on this guy. What exactly do you like about him? And do you think that he's going to continue this production going forward?
0: So, a lot of his production actually is coming from touchdowns. In three games, James Robinson now has four touchdowns. That's incredible. Now, one thing that you have to think about when it comes to early season rankings and week three, week four overall rankings is that that's only about a month out of a four-month season. So we're only about four weeks into 18 games worth of uh, fantasy football that we need to be paying attention to. James Robinson has scored a touchdown in every single game that he's played in this year, Mm -hmm. and in one game he actually scored two. He averages somewhere around 17 to 18 touches uh, on the ground per game. And he's probably good for around 65 to 70 yards a game. So if you're averaging that, let's say he gets 0.5 touchdowns a game. So that's three, you know, three points. He's seeing 60 to 70 uh, yards a game. That's now 10 points. Mm-hmm. And let's say he gets a catch, maybe two catches the highest game he's had as far as receptions is three right let's count for maybe two catches for 15 yards that's double digit production and if you get that on a week-to-week basis you now have a guy who is high-end rb2 at worst i don't know man i like him a lot but then that kind of brings the question as to uh what should we be doing with travis Etienne?
1: Dude, I won't lie, I was pretty off on this. Um, you know, right now ETN, I can't even tell you exactly where he stands. I know it's not in the top twenty though, man. Like this is pretty far off that. This guy hasn't really done all that much this year. And honestly, it sucks. So he's currently ranked 38, or he's the 38th running back, getting forty-four percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Like, dog, like, I did not think this was going to happen. This guy has 112 rushing yards on the year. James Robinson had 100 yards alone last game. Yep. So, obviously, I think that they're going to probably go with James Robinson as, like, this lead back going forward. And I think, you know, like, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of what is working for him because, I mean, they're literally underdogs. They're 2-1. and one. Trevor Lawrence is playing out of his ass. This Jaguars team is actually looking pretty good, man.
0: Yeah, so when you look at their production on the ground as well, Travis Etienne gets a few carries a game. He'll get his 8 to 10 carries, but he's not as efficient with them as James Robinson is. James Robinson almost doubles his efficiency on the grounds. Where Travis Etienne will get you around 2.5 yards, maybe 3 yards a carry. Uh, When you look at the last three games, I mean, James Robinson has games to where he's gotten close to 6 yards per carry. That's happened two out of the three weeks he's... He's played, so you're looking at the fact that James Robinson is a much more effective goal line back. He's a much more effective rusher, and we were really relying on Travis Etienne to be that fucking Christian McCaffrey 2.0. We were relying on those receptions to go. Right. I don't know where they are.
1: Yeah, man. I don't know. I guess uh, I thought my game were. I thought you know, based off of what I've seen and everything, especially at Clemson throughout mm-hmm. the years with Trevor Lawrence, I just thought that they had that connection. He was going to be able to bring that into the NFL. We haven't seen it quite yet. So obviously if you're Mm a dynasty uh, listener, you know, hold this guy. He's going to be a crown jewel down the line, I think. Mm -hmm. But right now, I mean, he's just, he's getting covered up by James Robinson. James Robinson, if you drafted him, kudos to you. You guys are about to win your league probably. I mean, the value that you got with him is crazy. One person I want to talk about before we get off the Jags though, Zay Jones. Oh, this okay. guy is owned in sixty-seven percent of leagues right now, and he's the twenty-sixth overall running our uh, wide receiver.
0: Yeah. So as you guys listen to this podcast, That's crazy, we're going to be around about you know maybe a day after waivers are processed. Zay Jones will not be on your waivers any longer. Like Dugo said, he's ranked as the twenty-sixth uh, best receiver in fantasy football, but bro has been hella productive. He plays the X position for the Jaguars essentially. Um And, I mean, his snap share is great. His targets are up there. He's seen 24 targets in three games. Right. My man's eating right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of this comes from one single game. Uh, his past game against the Chargers where he put up 19.5 points, which is sick. Mm-hmm. But I just think that he's finally getting into a groove with this team. The first game he had nine point or nine and a half. Second game, you know, a little under four points with that, so not great. Mm-hmm. But I think that if if you're trying to read trends i feel like he's gonna be i think he's gonna be going up and up i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know man like i have faith in this guy i mean he Mm -hmm. they just signed him to real money so i know that they want to utilize him Mm -hmm. so overall man i think right now if you don't have zay jones uh you know in dynasty or or even in redraft make sure that you're going out there and looking because this guy could be has a lot of
0: value he has a lot of value.
1: Yeah, I mean, even just having him on your bench so no one else can play him is honestly, a, you know, a key in itself.
0: Exactly. And kind of like you said earlier, speaking of a lot of money, there's a guy in Minnesota who's looking to get a lot of money. Uh, his name's Alexander Madison.
1: Oh, dude. I love this guy. I still appreciate you that yeah, you traded. Yeah, I know. Traded
0: I know. Me, him. Yeah. Fucking good on you. Got him for J.D. McKissick.
1: Yeah, dude. So I'm pumped about this. Kind of a bummer to see that uh, Dalvin Cook did go down, though. Uh, It seems like he's day-to-day, so he's possible. He's questionable to play this Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, like, overall, like, I think that Alexander Madison has all the real characteristics and everything that you need in a starting running back. And I think he's probably going to fit into this offense like a glove. I mean, he's produced as – I mean, you can look down the line when he's been like that starting back for them, and he's produced, so – I don't know if they're really going to miss a step or anything like that.
0: Man, that's the thing, too, because he plays this week, and he has a premier matchup against the Saints. Right. But the one thing I hate about it is not only the fact that it's in London, but they have to wake up. Bro, the game's at 8.30 in the morning.
1: Well, that's our time. Our time,
0: I guess. Our time, yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, like, for them, it's going to be, like, middle of the day or some shit like that, but, like...
0: Yeah, I guess when you say like that, it's a lot different. Because in my head, I'm thinking, like, who the fuck's going to go for... 130 yards and two touchdowns at 8.30 in the morning, bro. It's kind of crazy.
1: no doubt. I mean, like, if you look down the line, like, I really don't know if there's ever been, like, anyone who really has popped out in those London games. I think Mm -hmm. that'd be really interesting to look into. But I just feel like right now, I mean, I feel like Alexander Madison has the possibility to have a big game, especially when you think about an offense that's usually designated by the run. And when you're overseas like that, you're probably going to want to establish a little run early so you can get your offense going. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I would assume. And if Alexander Madison is going to be out there at least splitting carries with Delvin to get him off a little, like some of that load, I think that he's going to be at least a good flex spot for you this week for sure. Do you mm-hmm. know what his ownership status is right now in uh, leagues, Jaya?
0: uh alexander madison is owned in 94 percent of leagues but he's only being started currently in six percent yeah we're recording this uh before thursday so obviously things will probably get ramped up as the week goes on but he's a guy that you should be playing i will say for granted though uh the saints defense against the run is actually pretty good they've allowed the fourth least amount of rush yards to opposing offenses in the first three weeks of the season and um, that could be a game where Alexander Madison obviously could see usage, but that might come later on in the game after the Vikings have hopefully uh, gained some sort of an early lead. Mm-hmm. And that would be under the assumption that Justin Jefferson also kind of gets going early. No doubt, he hasn't really been uh, much for effective the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, man. Well, he's owned in the so to go back a little bit, he's owned in sixty three percent of uh, redraft leagues. So I think that if you're going forward and if you need someone just to stick in there, I think that if you're going to be using some fab on someone, I mean, obviously he might not be available in your league, but on the off chance that he is, I'd be willing to put up some decent fab numbers for this guy because, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of like real good running backs down the line. I mean, I, I feel like going forward there's going to be some injuries, and I think that Dalvin Cook is definitely going to be one of those guys who gets injured down the line i feel like he's kind of injury prone so i feel like alexander madison if you spend some fab on him, i'm not talking like 50 percent of your fab or anything like that Nothing no. crazy no but like if you throw a, like at least a little bit of money i feel like you'll be able to acquire this guy for sure
0: listen dalvin cook has a dislocated shoulder even if he does play he's gonna play with the harness on uh i mean he's a, alexander madison is a guy who's gonna be getting touches real touches Over these next few weeks And he's somebody that needs to be rostered My bad about saying 93% I was looking at dynasty ownership Nah you're good bro That's my fuck up Um, But another team that's kind of been fucking up uh, Out west And I know we didn't talk about this prior to But the Las Vegas Raiders Kind of have a really iffy situation At running back
1: Yeah dude I'm not really sure what's going on I mean obviously we're kind of shitting on Josh Jacobs or at least I was To begin the year because of how much they've talked down on him and everything like that. But in the grand scheme of things, man, that whole offense and that whole team right now is just kind of a mess. Doo-doo. Yeah, like the number one running back on that team is, I mean, at least it's in the top 32, he's the number 30 running back. Yep. But nonetheless, like, he's not doing great. Like, he has 42 attempts on the year through, what, three games? Yep. So he's just barely getting over what like 13 touches a game that's not great
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we gotta get some more touches for this guy i mean obviously there's a reason why they he isn't seeing touches and it's because they're down early yep but yeah they're always
0: playing comeback
1: yeah man so i don't know like these running backs right now are kind of sketched to me Mm -hmm. uh so that being said i mean like i feel like most of them are still dynasty holds i think that when you're looking at Brandon Bolden, I think he might be startable just because it seems like he always vultures up a
0: touchdown. Always, that's but, his job.
1: But other than that, like these running backs ain't really all that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been kind of unimpressive. I think right now Josh Jacobs is like something super low. Like I don't even think he's an RB two uh, right now. On sleeper, he's ranked as RB thirty. Right. That, that's terrible, bro. And he's yeah. a starting guy. So like, if you're into besting into any of the rate or any of the Raiders running backs right now. I mean, not for nothing, Josh Jacobs will have a couple of nice games throughout the season, but as far as consistency goes, that won't exist.
1: Yeah, out of any of the three that they currently have, yeah.
0: He would be the most consistent option and even his consistency is, you know, severely up for question.
1: Right.
0: Uh bro, it's been the year of just crazy ass running backs, dude. Like random ass dudes have been going crazy. Yeah. Cordero Patterson is thirty one years old running the track. Uh, You got guys like Khalil Herbert who are just exploding um, Coming in behind guys Uh, One guy that we had a ton of expectations for Coming into the season Dude looks like an alien on the field Like he's just fucking massive The one, the only uh, Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans Kind of made a resurgence last week
1: Dude, he finally did what everyone has been asking out of him this year. Mm -hmm. This man put up 22.8. I mean, half PPR, nonetheless, like this guy actually came out and showed out. So after having both back-to-back, just about eight-point games, yeah, they had a really easy opponent in the Raiders, and they really took advantage of it, man. I mean... I'm excited for Derrick Henry. I think that he finally has his feet under him now. And I feel like now that that team has a little bit of a taste for winning and knowing what it takes, I think that they're probably going to start going a little bit faster with it. And I feel like they'll probably be a little bit more effective. Like, so going forward, like, this next week against, like, the Colts that they have, I mean, not alone, like, that's a huge rivalry game. But, I mean, the Colts haven't really done much either this season. So I feel like it's going to be a game where D. Honey could go for – Damn near another 20-burger, at least.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Colts are 10th best as far as rushing guards allowed, meaning that their defense is 10th best at stopping uh, stopping rushing guards. Right. Next week's going to be an interesting week because you know they're going to rely on Derrick Henry. It looks like he probably just got a late start, and Bro's probably going to go crazy now. He's probably going to go to the classic Derrick Henry and uh, kind of try to just shut everyone up who's doubted him so far. You had a hot take uh, that I kind of want to bring to the pod. You had a hot take that you preferred Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor. I wanted to know where you sit in that after week three and uh, if you have realized that you are wrong.
1: Yeah, so uh, so I thought for redraft, I really thought that this year, like I mean, we keep bringing this up, but I had the 1-1 this year, and I did indeed take Derrick Henry. And the reason why I preferred him was when you look at the Titans' offense, it really wasn't much. And I thought with the Colts, with Ryan, or with Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. thought they're going to be passing the ball a lot more. And it seems like they are, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Taylor isn't seeing as much either. I mean, you aren't bringing that up, but oh. I think that Derrick Henry, I mean, obviously it might not have been the best pick at the 1-1, but I do not think that, you know, it was the worst pick in the world. Like, I think that Derrick Henry still dink Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, there, I don't think anyone could talk me off that because, I don't know. Like, if you look down the line, Derrick Henry's showing consistency. And right now he is RB15, which sucks. But mm-hmm. I think that going forward, like, he had this huge week. Obviously, Khalil Herbert just had a huge week, so you could say that too. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I think that Derrick Henry, obviously the starter going forward and has always been the starter in Tennessee. And they're going to shape that offense around him. Like I said, they know how to win now with Derrick Henry. They're going to go out and they're going to show out Derrick Henry's going to be the leader.
0: Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, I want to go and talk about Jonathan Taylor and his production thus far. Because right now, Jonathan Taylor is ranked as the 10th best running back in fantasy.
1: Hell yeah. Tell me what you like about him.
0: So, his first game was against the Houston Texans, against a team in which, obviously, it went to overtime, so they played an extra quarter. But that's a team that's not super explosive on offense, right? Like, it's more of a game that allows the Colts to kind of ground and pound. Right. Week two was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we've now realized are a beast, are a phenomenal offense, and, as we said earlier, have a lot of potential fantasy football league winners on their team. Yep. They got guys now. Week three was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid came to town. You're not going to get too much of an opportunity to really run the ball, um, especially if you get down early. Now, they did win that game, which is great. Um, But naturally, against the Chiefs, you don't expect for it to be a game plan that's heavily favored, you know, in terms of the run. Looking at Jonathan Taylor's schedule moving forward, though, folks, he plays the Tennessee Titans this Sunday. The week after that, he plays a lethargic, nasty Denver offense thus far this year. He plays the Titans again in week seven. Week 8 is the Washington Commanders. Week 9 is the fucking Patriots offense. Week 10 is the Raiders. Uh, Week 13 is the Cowboys. When you get to playoff time, he plays the Giants and the Texans and the Chargers. I mean, he plays a lot of teams moving forward that he could have some success against. So I don't think he plays too many elite passing offenses, which will allow the Colts to run the track more often. And I think Jonathan Taylor is a guy who's really going to start to pick up steam as the season moves on. And if there's any owner who went out and got him earlier, earlier in the in the draft, and you know maybe somehow, some way, they're already freaking out. Go fucking buy Jonathan Taylor right now. He's going to be a guy moving forward, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if from here on out he ranks as a top three running back in all of fantasy.
1: No doubt. I mean, I have all the love in the world for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that he's a top three running back going forward, but I also think that Derrick Henry is a top one running back going forward. Fair enough. So, talking about someone who has, I mean, kind of been the study Eddie, kind of like Derrick Henry for the past few years, someone down in the Southwest, Zach Ertz, oh, is making a resurgence again, folks. This guy is dunk and we've said it all along man Zach Ertz is awesome currently the tight end three he's Mr. Consistent dude like every week I'm always kind of like should I take this guy out like I just picked up Hayden Hurst and I really want him to break out but I'm always like nah stick with the for real for real and that's been Zach Ertz dude I've been really impressed by him this year I mean right now like I said he's the fourth or third rank depending on if you're standard or ppr and the guy is just bro like he sees targets he gets catches he's mr consistent and i mean it's especially for an offense that's kind of struggling right now and they don't have their primary playmakers for kyler murray i think that zach ertz obviously going forward is a lock in your lineup and I know that you have a wide receiver that you're, you've are you kind of fallen in love with the last couple weeks. Do you want to talk about
0: them? Oh, my God. My boy, Greg. My boy, Greg Dortch. He plays alongside Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz went out and fucking dyed his hair blonde and just found the, found the youth. Uh, Greg Dortch is a guy that I love. He's been replacing, obviously, Rondell Moore since the injury week one. He's been amazing. He's been much better than, I guess, what you probably could have asked for. Uh, and like I kind of said earlier, man, week one and week two are really where you go get those season-changing, uh, season-long starters. Those guys who come out, there wasn't a ton of hype about them in training camp, and they just impress. And they impress so hard and so well that the team doesn't have any other option but to play them. Right. Greg Dortch is doing Rondo Moore better than Rondell Moore did Rondell Moore.
1: Right, man. Yeah, I mean, he's seeing a huge load in share. The guy's scoring points. He's getting targets. I mean, there's not much you can really ask for. I mean, this guy is probably going to have to be rocking with to be a starter even when Rondale Robinson gets back. And shit, even damn near when... uh, DeAndre Hopkins
0: comes back. Woo, he's going to be a nice three. And you talk about guys like A.J. Green who are getting older. You talk about Rondale Moore who's constantly, you know, kind of injured. Right. Uh, there's other guys I think Andy Isabella might still be on the team. He
1: might be. I have
0: no clue. But Greg Dortch is a guy to where even after DeAndre Hopkins comes back and even if Rondale Moore comes back, the, the Arizona Cardinals are a team that runs spread offense. Right, they run offensive sets that have four receivers out wide, and Kyler Murray is just kind of picking up prod, and It's kind of a college styled offense.
1: Yeah, man, and especially like when you're talking about Kyler, especially this year, like he hasn't really found like much consistency, honestly. Yeah, and so the fact that he is building some chemistry with Greg George, like it, it's gonna go a long way with it. And I feel like you know when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, when it comes to decision time, when uh, Rondale Moore comes back you know, maybe he's not going to just step right into that position and they're going to actually have to fight for it. And I really do think that Greg could win it.
0: Dude, he's only 24 years old as well. Like, right. Greg Dorch is only 24 years old.
1: Right, but, I mean, if you look at Rondale Moore, he's, like, 22. He's
0: 22, 23, but that's the thing, though. Like, when you look at a guy like Dortch, you look at week three, he had 10 targets. He caught nine of 10 targets, which already in itself is impressive. He's showing that he can be a quarterback's best friend. And I know catching 9 of 10 targets doesn't sound like a crazy feat, but you got to realize, bro, like, most of these receivers get targeted seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 times, and they'll only catch maybe 60% of those. Right. Right? Like, you want to look at a guy like Marquise Brown, who plays on the opposite side of the field. Um, last week, he saw 17 targets, caught 14 of them. The week before, he had 11 targets, caught 6 of them. Right. Like... Uh, that's pretty impressive in itself he's coming out he has no expectations he's impressing the coach he's impressing the fans and he's impressing the goddamn quarterback he's a guy you need to have rostered as the wide receiver 19 so far in the year i don't think he's really going anywhere and if he's available in dynasty leagues he probably should not be at this point but if he is you go out and you get him and if somebody has picked him up and they don't seem super high on him, you need to be higher than them and you need to go trade a motherfucker that you can do away with to go get this guy I think he's going to be someone that's productive throughout the year, and uh, he has a bright future in this offense.
1: Yeah, Um, I would say so, man. I hope it's just not like the first three weeks that he's going to pop out and then never be seen again. But, I mean, it's happened before, but, I mean, this guy's pretty dank, dude. But another wide receiver who's really young and been popping out lately and really impressing, Mm -hmm. Romeo Dobbs from the Packers, dude. Go Pack Go! Hey, you knew we were going to bring this guy up, but Romeo is looking absolutely amazing. Dog. Yo, like, this guy came out, and I don't know if you guys follow the Packers or anything, but allegedly, this guy was, like, one reception away from uh, tying the franchise league for receptions in a game as a rookie. Like, Rodgers likes this guy a lot. I think he's probably going to be at least the wide receiver, too, going forward. And when you're thinking about the Packers and who the Packers have at quarterback, Rowan Dubbs is going to be catching the ball. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. I'm excited for this cat. I have him in redraft leagues. I don't have him in Dynasty, unfortunately. I wish I did. But, dude, I absolutely love this guy. I think, like I said, I think he's going to be seeing a lot more snaps and everything going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, if you guys are enjoying the episode, do us a favor and go ahead and give us a follow on whatever audio platform you're currently streaming on. It goes a long way towards supporting the show, and it lets us know that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, Back to the episode. Uh, Dubs is a dog. He's another guy who has been really productive uh, in his early season kind of uh, showcase. Right. He caught eight of his targets. So he had eight targets, and he also had eight receptions in week three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In a primetime game against Tom Brady... With Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, obviously this year is depleted of weapons, he went out and he was the leading receiver. He caught everything that came his way, but most importantly, he gained the trust of A.A. Ron.
1: He sure did, man. And I mean, even like when you look at the other two games this season, he still is always getting some deeper targets. Like, his yards per catch are around that 10 or 10 per, and I mean, that's what you're wanting to see. Like, you don't want to see all these screens and stuff like that, like... This guy is typically going out on routes, and he's still seeing some decent targets. Like, I'm excited for this guy. If he's available in your league, go snatch him. You're going to want him. He's owned in 39% of leagues, or at least in Dynasty. Get this guy.
0: I like Romeo Daubs more than I like Allen Robinson. I like Romeo Daubs more than I like Allen Robinson. Uh, probably moving forward.
1: Allen Robinson.
0: I like Romeo Dobbs more than I like Allen Robinson moving forward. Okay. And the reason I say that is because of these two reasons. Allen Robinson plays on an offense with Cooper Cup, with Tyler Higby, who are gonna generate about twenty targets a game. Interesting. Those two alone. Okay. Right. Cooper Cup's gonna go ahead and get his twelve to fifteen targets a game. Higby's gonna get his five to seven. They have running backs on the ground, and they have other ancillary weapons like Ben Skrinowski. Right. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson in itself. Right. And he's just not going to see the target share. That's He might not see as many targets as Romeo Dobbs will see moving forward.
1: Bro, that's crazy, but I kind of like that take. I, I don't think it's too hot.
0: Here's another theory that I'm going to throw out there, or I guess I'll float out there to you guys. Romeo Dobbs just came off of a game in which I just previously said that he had eight uh, targets, and yep. he caught all eight of them. So him and Aaron have developed somewhat of a chemistry in a big game on prime time early in the season. Aaron Rodgers is about 37 or 38 years old. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have time to just be like, oh, good game. I'll see you down the road in the season. Right. I think Aaron's going to keep testing this kid, and he's going to see what he can bring to the table and if he can be somebody that he can start to rely on early enough because motherfucker ain't got time to waste trying to figure out who's going to be the guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we were talking about this, like, even throughout, like, the training camps and stuff, and Rodgers said that he impressed early. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just going to show that this guy is pro-ready right away, and, I mean, it's a hell of a pick to get this guy in the fourth round. Like, this guy is crazy. Dude, like, eight, he's crazy talented.
0: Eight catches in the biggest game of the year, even though I know we're only three weeks in, but... Eight catches in a rivalry game against Tom Brady in the biggest game of the year, primetime television. In the afternoon, you made Aaron Rodgers look good. I am playing Romeo Dallops the next two weeks. I am starting him in my weekly lineups if I have him on my team. And I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to go ahead and pepper this guy with at least two targets a quarter.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. Especially, I mean... Let's not put aside that this guy also got his first NFL touchdown, too. So, congratulations to Romeo. Good on him. Yo, let's talk about the other team uh, that the Packers are playing this week, though, the Patriots. Okay. So, they just lost Mac Jones, who obviously is the starting quarterback. He's probably going to be out for a few weeks, which means that Brian Hoyer, I believe, is going to be stepping into place. Mm-hmm. If you have any of the uh, Patriots' weapons, even, you know, like if you have Devontae Parker, who just went absolutely nuclear this past week. Like, do you start these guys, or what exactly do you do with Brian Hoyer no. at the helm?
0: You don't start any Patriots wide receiver.
1: Dude, but what like, what if you have Devontae Parker and he just went off for, what was it, probably like 18 points or something? Like, what if you want to see that production again?
0: Uh, listen, I mean, they have Brian Hoyer coming in, and I'm not saying that Devontae Parker is incapable of, you know, having another great game. But when you look at just the kind of offense it already was, and now you're downgrading the quarterback, even if they are kind of like the same prototype of quarterback, like Mike Jones is a much younger. He's uh, had all the training camp and mini camp and offseason reps and first three weeks of the season reps with Devontae Parker to build whatever chemistry they have.
1: Yeah, but Brian Horris had like 13 years of NFL so, experience. And, so hide. here's
0: what I'm saying, though. I think that one of two things are likely to happen. Brian Hoyer could turn into every other backup quarterback in the history of the NFL and just hyper-target his number one receiver. Right. Now, I know Jacoby Myers missed last year, or missed last week, I'm sorry, not last year. But I don't know who that primary target is going to be on that offense yet. Maybe
1: Kendrick Bourne.
0: It could be Kendrick Bourne. No one's really shown out and shown me enough. Like, I know Devontae had that great game. But that's one game, and we know the Patriots aren't the type of franchise to say, "Oh, good game. We're gonna fucking use you like crazy the rest of the year."
1: Sure, but what if they start relying on someone like Ramondre Stevenson or even Damian Harris? I mean, so, what if they try to run the track on the Packers?
0: So that's kind of what I said. Like I don't really want to start any of the receivers, but if I'm okay. starting, if I'm starting Patriots offensive players, man, I mean, I might go fuck around with a Ramondre Stevenson or a Damian Harris, even if I can, if if I can somehow get them on my team. People talk about touchdowns, and people talk about how much he's relying on those touchdowns. But, bro, he might be their best offensive skill player, like on the team.
1: So, you think that Damian Harris this week is an absolute lock?
0: Uh, against the Packers. Um,
1: see, I'm just a little, I'm a little nervous because obviously, like you said, he is probably one of the most talented players on that team, but. If they're gonna be I, I feel like the Packers are going to be up early and I feel like they're gonna to have to pass the ball and Damien Harris at least from what we've seen he isn't the greatest PPR back
0: So when I look at the matchup this week with the Patriots versus uh, the Packers and if you have a Patriots or Packers this might be a conversation you'd be interested in but when I look at this matchup coming up on Sunday I look at the Packers offense and the Packers throughout the year haven't really scored much for second half points. So, in the first half is where they get most of their touchdowns, they get most of their points, and then they play really good defense and lock it up there. Yep. If the Patriots can linger around the game, it'll A, be because of the run game and time of possession and keeping it out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, which I think is probably going to be their game plan.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: They're going to do short little throws with Brian Hoyer to people in the flat to Hunter Henry might get peppered. Um, They'll have the occasional, you know what I'm saying, like deep route to a Nelson Aguilar, um, maybe Devontae Parker or something like that. But I think that now that they've downgraded their quarterback, time of possession is now going to be the key. And the Patriots have been one of the best teams as far as controlling time of possession for the last 20 years. Right. Those running backs are going to get work, y'all. And uh, I think that uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre are the guys. This week, if I had to have a projection for Damian Harris, I'd estimate maybe somewhere between 12 to 15 rush attempts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Bro's good for over 65 rushing yards. And he's probably good for a touchdown. And he might be good for a couple of catches here and there, just randomly. And I think he has a 12, 13, 14-point game uh, come Sunday.
1: Hey, that makes sense to me, man. I like where you're coming from with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't think they're going to have much success passing, especially with the secondary that the Packers have. Yep. So we'll see what happens with that, man. But, shoot.
0: Crazy. And so before we leave, you guys... Uh, we want to give you just our quick start of the week this week. Uh, we want to talk about a player that, you know, will be starting this week and that you guys should maybe pay a little extra attention to, uh, whether it be if you're facing them or if you have them, starting them and, you know, feeling good about uh, feeling good about your team and what you're doing. Uh, the guy I have on my list this week is going to be Devontae Smith uh, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. I think that game is going to be a shootout. I think the Jaguars are out to prove a point. They're playing the best team in the NFC. They know eyes are going to be on them, and I think that those guys, in terms of Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, uh, James Robinson, Travis Etienne, they're all going to get peppered with targets. Mm-hmm. The Jags are going to be active in the passing game, and I think that the Eagles will either have to uh, play catch up or they're going to have to kind of you know compete in a shootout in a shootout.
1: No doubt, man. I think my start of the week right now, Rashad Penny. Mm -hmm. So you have the Seahawks going against the Detroit Lions this week. And Detroit Lions, not really the best defense this year. It seems like they just put up a bunch of points. Mm -hmm. And I think that Rashad Penny, I mean, obviously to get that offense moving, you have to run the ball. Mm -hmm. He's been the best runner so far for that team. When you see more than 10 targets from this guy, he's usually going around 60 yards. And then, I mean, the only downside from him this year so far is that he hasn't scored a touchdown. But I think that that definitely could change this week, especially when you look at what had happened with the Vikings. When they switched from Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison, it didn't matter. They were still able to run the fuck out of the ball. Rashad Penny's going to do that this week.
0: How many points are you projecting for Rashad Penny here?
1: I think that Rashad Penny, if he gets the workload that I'm projecting, I think that he could go for about, shit, let's call it 16 points in a toddy.
0: Okay, so probably a touchdown and i don't know what is that close to 100 yards just about yeah okay uh, i got Devonte smith probably going for somewhere around i'll say 13 or 14 i see him to be good for about six to seven catches i think he's good for around 70-ish yards and i think that once again in a shootout with the jaguars and trevor lawrence he could he could potentially get that touchdown uh so that's that's kind of where i got Devonte smith somewhere around 13 14 uh 14 points this week. So, I like it. Uh, We appreciate y'all for tapping in. Uh, Make sure you tap in with us every week on Thursdays. Uh, Make sure you check out our YouTube page at Fantasy Football with Gumbo. And until next week, happy fishing.